You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clare, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico back with you. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman Text Line, both those still open for you guys. Hit us up on the video stream as well, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Let's go ahead and uh, continue the Husker baseball discussion for a moment here. We'll bring in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, hello, happy Monday. How's it going? What's going on, guys? It's, uh, yeah. Going fine. Another Monday. Are you are you staying cool? Like it's the first time that I've been able to ask somebody that. Are you staying cool in the hot weather? Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, the the wind will keep you cool, okay. right? Like if if not for the wind, it would be sweltering. I think would be the the word for it. It'd be humid. But the wind, which has been our unwanted friend for many weeks, is yeah. still with us. So yeah, I would say so. Yeah, we're we're joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on uh, the happy hour. Okay, so let's just a general question. What in the world happened this weekend in Minneapolis? I mean, what how did Minnesota a team that had won two Big 10 conference games all season long and one series before taking two of three from Nebraska? How did they take two of three from from the Huskers? Well, I think Nebraska is probably still asking itself that same question as they were fussing back, but I mean, it was a major missed opportunity. There's no sugarcoating it. Like the bare minimum, really, for that weekend, given what that team was at Minnesota, was to win the series. And Nebraska, you know, fell short of that. And I think you look at how it happened, and and it sort of mirrors what we've seen this season, where it hasn't necessarily been one thing. Maybe the defense lets them down. Maybe the the offense wasn't there. Maybe the pitching blows up. And this weekend, you had a little bit of the, a little bit of two of those at least in those in those losses on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, you're up eight to five in the eighth inning and feeling pretty good on Saturday, and you have a two base throwing error that opens the door to tie the game, and you just kind of had the feeling at that point that the way Nebraska's season has gone, that that wasn't going to be one that they w- would be able to pull out, and, and sure enough, it, it plays out that way. And then, you know, Sunday it was kind of a, a reversion of the offense where it felt like maybe over the last. I don't know, a week to 10 days, they had sort of figured some things out with the lineup. Some guys have been heating up a bit, and it just disappeared. I mean, only a handful of hits on Sunday, um, really none of the clutch variety. And, you know, you leave you leave back for Lincoln and, and really smarting from a lot of missed opportunities where, you know, this season to the, at this point is pretty clear cut, right? Like the team is what it is. You've got a sample size that's more than big enough to – to know what the deficiencies are and where the struggles are. And at this point, Nebraska just needs to win games. And that's what made last weekend so frustrating was when you look at the rest of their schedule, that was the chance to win two or three and get back into that race and at least play into Omaha and keep things interesting. And, and, you know, things still are interesting, but man, that was a critical hit, no doubt about it, to what they want to do after uh, the regular season. So I, I hate to keep comparing or bringing up last season, but I'm going to do it one more time here. Um, how much does it feel like this season, though, specifically, like Nebraska needs to have everything go their way. They need starting pitching. They need to actually get hits and, and be able to compound hits on top of each other and limit errors in the field. Like, yes, to an extent, that's baseball. But it felt like last year 
even if at a time one of those areas were slacking or lacking, then another one, the other area would pick up. Does it just feel like this season Nebraska needs everything to go just perfectly to find themselves in a spot to stay competitive in a game? Yeah, it sure feels that way. Um, you know, last year Nebraska had a depth of arms. It was a clutch hitting team. Its defense not only made most of the routine plays, but also took outs away from opponents based on spectacular plays or, or doing, um, you know, something out of the ordinary, especially at shortstop with Spencer Schwellenbach. Mm-hmm. And this year it's, it's the other way. I mean, it's a harsh reminder that college baseball, more than the professional level, is about which team makes fewer mistakes. If you if you walk fewer guys, if you commit fewer errors, if you um, you know make the fundamental plays more often than not, you're going to win college baseball games. And I think that's the frustrating thing for Nebraska is the thing that it can control, which has been defense. Like that's the thing that doesn't change, has been you know kind of shaky. And you know the other parts of the of the game haven't really. Um, given Nebraska much margin for error there. I mean, there have been injuries on the on the pitching side where you're talking about, you know, Kyle Perry as a weekend guy has been out. Jake Buns as your top sort of starter, reliever, swingman has been out. Um, you know, you have a promising freshman in Jackson Jelkin who was removed from the team. Um, so you're, you're down there. You're putting younger guys in, in spots that maybe uh, you'd like to wait on that on. And then offensively, it's just been a harsh reminder that, man – it's hard to be a young hitting team in college baseball too. I mean, you look around the league, who's doing well. It's a team like Rutgers, which is veteran laden, a team like Maryland, same sort of deal. And it's just, it's sort of all kind of come together in a negative way for Nebraska, where they're just not able to win these games. And, uh, you know, I think expectation probably plays a role in this thing too, right? Like every national outlet picks Nebraska to win the league in the preseason, uh, the coaches, the Big Ten coaches included, and to not make the tournament uh, in a year with so many expectations coming off of what last year was, it does feel like the disappointment is even heightened a little bit more because of all that. We're, we're speaking to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here. So, so let's talk about expectations for a moment here. Let's like zoom out bigger picture here. Going into the season, Nebraska had an opportunity to really build and improve the – respect or the perception of Nebraska baseball as a program building off of last year as a team that was kind of an underdog all season long went into Arkansas and was competitive all weekend they, they had an opportunity to build off that this whole entire season and show that they were you know capable of performing at a national level how much has has that perception been rocked and, and just destroyed here and does it feel like we have to build it back now from the bottom up well, it, I mean, it is different. Like, typically when there's a coaching change in college baseball, you can tell within two or three years, maybe four, uh, that, that that program is on the rise, like with that staff. And I think that's the jury is still sort of out on that okay. for this for Will Bolt and his staff. Um, you know, the top – this kind of was my theme going into the year. Like, the top college baseball programs in the country – uh, they reload every year. They bring in more guys, and then those guys are good, and then they get drafted, and part of their recruiting classes get sniped by the, the pro ranks, and that's just how it works, and they figure out a way to do it anyway. And so it felt like, to me, this was a year where that was really 
sort of uh, going to be tested from Nebraska's point of view. When you think about, uh, you know, they lost an outfielder, Chase Mason, to football in the fall. He went to play at South Dakota State. They they were, um, you know, they were uh, they had a lot taken from them in terms of the draft. Kate Povich and a number of other really talented veterans have gone. And so I think the 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 idea that Nebraska was going to be the favorite to win the league was not based on so much on the returners because they love of all the production they lost, but it was, it was based on the assumption that everybody else who we didn't see a lot last year was developing behind the scenes and that uh, the, the players that these coaches brought in would just be able to sort of go out there and, and pick up uh, where the previous team left off. And I think it was, it was a reminder that that just isn't realistic most times. And uh, you know, the, the, some of the freshmen who were highly rated, uh, haven't necessarily proven to be like you know day one sort of guys. Not that they can't have good careers here as as the years go on, but that just hasn't happened in year one. And um, so I think all those things are, are sort of reminders there. And it's uh, I think it's worth noting when you talk about the future, though. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the roster comes together for Nebraska next year. One because from an eligibility perspective, technically everybody but Dawson McCarville could come back next year if they chose to do so. Guys like Shea Shanneman, who's a senior, Cody Frank, uh, Tyler Martin as a key reliever, some other guys too. And then you talk about the guys that uh, are coming in in this next class. I mean, they got a commitment again today from a junior college infielder. They're going to have nine JUCOs uh, set to arrive for next year. So there are reinforcements coming. I think Nebraska wants to get older quicker. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how it goes next year. But I do think how this year has gone really is a testament to how in college baseball, you kind of like football, you want to get, you want to try to get old and stay old if you can. Okay. We're speaking to uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha world Herald. Okay. So it's funny you bring up recruiting. I was going to ask you about this um, just in a second here. Nebraska got the commitment of an eighth grader, Bryce Fountain from, uh, I want to say Norris. He's going to be going to Norris. He's not even a freshman in high school yet. We see that, Around now, we're starting to see that more and more uh, with college baseball recruiting, where where schools are taking commitments of guys that are in eighth grade um, at some points. Like, what are what is the actual probability that those guys arrive on campus here in in five years? Yeah, it's a great question because you're right. We're talking about guys who, at the earliest, would be taking the field at Haymarket Park in a Husker uniform and. 2027. Jeez. I mean, that's a, that's a long way away. Right. So certainly like when you think about the range of outcomes, when you take a commitment from an eighth grader, like on the one end, there's the possibility that maybe this player has come close to peaking athletically and maybe everybody else catches up. And in four years, uh, you know, it, it looks a little bit different. On the other hand, maybe these guys are so good that they end up getting drafted out of high school and they never, you know, set foot on your college campus anyway. And so you're hoping, as a program, you can sort of thread the needle and and get those guys to your campus anyway. It's a different challenge, right, than than basketball or football, where uh, these guys are eligible out of high school to go pro. And so, um, you know, I've talked to Nebraska coaches about this before, and sort of the sentiment is they don't want to make a habit out of going after these guys, but they also don't want to get in the habit of turning them away if they feel like through camp evaluations and other things that they're good enough. To, to change pro- your program. And so uh, they've got a couple of those guys now. Um, Bo Peterson is a guy out of Kansas who they took a commitment for last fall uh, who was just starting his eighth grade year. And now Bryce Fountain, like you mentioned, uh, who will be at Norris. 
But, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably worth noting, too, again, Nebraska, their staff hasn't done a ton of this in their three years in Lincoln, but one guy they did it to a couple of years ago by the name of Travis Sikora uh, eventually decommitted from Nebraska. Now he's committed to Texas, and there's talk that in a year he may actually go um, – in the, in the draft, in the MLB draft, and not even make it to college. So there is a little bit of a track record here of this staff identifying players like that who do make a difference. But, um, again, so much can change in four years. You don't really know how it's going to go, but certainly they have to have convic- a conviction about these prospects if they're taking these commitments, and uh, they have a couple already in that class. All right, Evan, last one before we let you go. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us here on a Monday. All right, Nebraska travels to Illinois this next weekend, then they come home for a midweek game, I want to say against Oral Roberts, if I remember correctly, and then Michigan State to uh, finish up the season. What does Nebraska have to do outside of just win? Like, how, Can you put a number where we feel good, like if they sweep all six games? do I mean, are, is Nebraska in, do we feel like? Um, yeah, probably if they, if they sweep all six games and they're 13 and 11, um, yeah, I think you'd probably feel pretty good if they would make it at that point. You look at the history of this particular event and generally if you've been a 500 team in the league, you have a pretty good chance of making the tournament. Um, I think it's only happened once actually where you, if you finish 500, you don't make the tournament okay. since it's been a 13 team league. So you know, I, I, that would kind of put it at four and two. If you can win both series or, or you know, just find a way to win four of the last six, you probably have a good chance. And you look at the other teams around Nebraska, really it's like five teams right now fighting for two spots where, you know, Indiana's only eight and ten in the league, Purdue's seven and nine, uh, and then it's Nebraska and Northwestern. And, and that series with Michigan State uh, could be pretty big because the Spartans are – you know, battling for that last spot as well. But, you know, how you do it, I don't know. I think I think the pitching has been good enough. I mean, whether that's Shanneman or Emmett Olsen or even Braxton Brockett, or Jackson Brockett, I think uh, has been pretty good. Um, you know, I think they can find a way to piece that part of it together. I think the defense generally has been pretty good. It's just been, man, can you find a way to score some runs? Can guys get hot? Can you – can you get a clutch hit with runners in scoring position or, or, you know, just find a way to, to generate a few runs. Um, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. Illinois is a high scoring team. They don't make a lot of mistakes defensively. That's going to be a challenging series. And, you know, I think Michigan state will, will be a little bit more realistic that you can maybe stack up some wins, but uh, the weather's heating up. The offense needs to do that too, or, or else, uh, you know, the rest of it really doesn't matter all that much. All right, Evan, so we got asked on the text line about Kale Fountain, Bryce's older brother. He's he's a FSU commit. He's a Florida State commit, right? And he's a sophomore at Norris? Yes, that's okay. right. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah, he was one that committed in eighth grade as well, but committed to Florida State um, back, I want to say, in 2020. So he, uh, as, as far as we know right now, Greg and Lincoln, he is uh, still a Florida State commit. All right, Evan, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Uh, we'll definitely talk to you down the road, and let's hope for a couple of Husker baseball wins here and and uh, they'll get to Charles Schwab Field for the Big Ten Tournament. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. That is Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Appreciate him as always. Um, 402-464-5685. Call in, text in, give us any thoughts you may have. Um, We have a couple of texts that I want to get to after the break. Uh, But also, Kentucky Derby. Wow. How about that? A little bit of an upset there. Nobody saw it coming. The call was perfect. 80-1 to odds. 
Yeah. He the the horse entered the Kentucky Derby the day before the race was ran. Just what a great what a great story was. I don't even know what Rich place strike. if you if you see the the aerial view of it. I don't even know what place he was in. We're probably like thirteenth or something like that. Just Way back, back in the pack. The final stretch, the home stretch, just makes a move, goes inside, goes outside of one of the horses, comes back inside, zooming. Just way, way in the back, comes out, coming. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and get to break. We'll uh, wrap up Monday's show coming up next on Happy Hour.